welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Oh, mummy, a queen has been crowned to rule the world. It's officially time for the reign of blue. So did the right queen win? You're about to find out as we talk all things Drag Race UK versus the world. And joining me straight from the UK is the stunning Mandy and Kat. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. That was a quick season. I, literally so quick. And we're yeah, still think... only, we're not even halfway through uh, season 14, are we? Oh, and it's dragging. It's in the drag and dragging, honestly. It God. sure is. <laughs> uh, so you are coming from us from the UK. Where where exactly? I my British geography is terrible. Um, so I'm in the southwest. I'm in a place called Devon, more specifically Plymouth, Devon. Um, it's just a little coastal town. Um, and yeah, in the southwest, so there's not really much drag that comes down this way. But when we do, when we do get like a drag show from like say drag race girls come down everybody like flocks to it like crazy because i love that and so there's been no representation on the show yet from your no not of of yet all these london bitches oh you're telling me (laughs) now i want to learn a little bit about what makes you love drag race who are some of your favorite drag race queens either from uk us international who are your faves um I'm going to say I gravitate more towards like the, the comedy queen. So mm-hmm. Bagger's like one of my favorite examples to give um, just because she's pure British comedy drag. Um, oh. Not everything's about the look. Like she'll go out on stage with a little bus driver wig and you'll still have an amazing time and you'll remember yeah. her specifically. And it's just amazing. Yeah, she, she, she's one of, one of a kind. Definitely, definitely. We will definitely talk about that this episode. Um, I'm going to give my disclaimer since it's the last episode. You never know who's going to be listening. But as always, I leave this disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality television show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a TV show wants us to see. We react to see to react. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people who have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their craft, but they also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. It's out there. We're having fun. Just <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take the piss out of everybody. Let's get into um, it. How have how did you enjoy the season overall? Before we get into this finale. Um. So I really enjoyed, I'd say the main standout for this season for me personally was seeing all of the different people from different walks of life from around the world sort of uh, try and understand each other's cultures mainly. Like you can yeah. see uh, in the first episode, even when um, Bagger was trying to teach 
uh, the other contestants, like a bit of British slang. Like those moments that like there for me were sort of what I was looking forward to in the episodes because it's something yeah. different compared to the normal regular seasons. I, I agree. I think that was what was a lot of fun. I wish we had more of that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, if the rumored Canadian uh, UK versus the world or Canada versus the world is a thing, <laughs> I wonder what they'll do for that one. Um, oh, but I don't know. I think Canada's boy boycotting Drag Race at this point. <laughs> After this, <laughs> I wonder season. who would host it as well. Brooklyn. Drakken. Yeah, Brooklyn. It's Canada's Drag Race. You're the host. I guess. Event. I guess. All rumors, all speculation. All I know is someone told me the other day, Victoria Scon's on it. I was like, not surprised if that's true. I wouldn't be surprised. But who yeah. knows? It's, we'll see what Reddit says in a week. I'm sure they'll have the answers. <laughs> but let's dive into the episode. It begins with a quick recap of the very quick season, Elimination, Pangina Cries, and all. We get a refresher of our final four, Jujube, Mohart, Blue, Hydrangea, and Bag of Chips. Uh, and the final four into the workroom after the elimination of the Dutch diva, Janie Jacquet. Did you watch Drag Race Holland and were you impressed with Janie this season? Um, so I watched most of Drag Race Holland. Um, I did mm -hmm. it. I did like most of it in one sitting whilst I was staying at a friend's house. Um, who's another drag queen who she just bought um, her Wow Presents Plus subscription <laughs> and she wanted to show it off. So we watched most of Drag Race Holland. Um, and... I can't really remember what my thoughts of Janie were at the time because I remember I was obsessed with um, Sedagine mainly. Of course, of course. How could you? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I can't remember what my original thoughts of Janie were. Um, but now that I've had sort of a refresher on this season, obsessed, obsessed, yeah. very obsessed. She, she watched for I, so I watched it. Obviously, recapped that first season, and what the thing that I always kept saying was she is the most international queen of that cast. She, you can bring her to the UK or the US and she would be able to do a standard show there. Like it would not be a problem. So when she was cast, I was like, that's not surprised. This is, she was the right one to do it. Yeah. Um, and also she, she was the one who spoke the most English. So that was also helpful. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> now, Juju is sad for Janie, but happy that this is the top four. Also, she's never wiped a mirror before. Four seasons in, first time for everything. Absolutely crazy. I didn't even realize until she said it. Yeah. I, I know it, it's kind of insane, but um, cool. Good for her. <laughs> Juju says that she felt that Janie had no fight left and Blue and Baga still had more. And that's why she made the decision. I don't know if I fully believe it, but whatever, whatever. Yeah. We'll get we'll fine. Now the girls are going to chat on the couch and shit stir. Blue Hydrangea says every country now has a badge except for Canada. Uh, so now she can't go to Thailand or Canada. I mean, she's got a it's point. Her fault. <laughs> she does she does so now we're going to learn who mo chose she would have eliminated janie mo reveals that she had an alliance with blue and baga and baga's like you had an alliance i don't know about that she was not too happy about that i mean i feel like baga's been quite honest with everyone so she's quite shocked at that point yeah that she doesn't know everything because she thought i think in her head she thought if um she was honest and open about everything in front of everybody else that they'd do the same to her but Maybe it threw her off that they weren't. No, I've they were they were playing games and they were, mm -hmm. they they've seen the, this show before. They know that you vote each other out and you're gonna have to save your ass at some point. This season, um, in terms of like playing the game, was a game changer. Like absolutely, no, nobody's played it like this cast. Before. If if they keep this these all star rules in another season, it's gonna cause chaos. The fans are gonna revolt. 
but we're gonna still watch it so i don't know yeah. why everyone's upset this Bring is on the drama. <laughs> i know uh, i mean we as i pointed out many times in the podcast season four was the last time all-star rules were in effect what happened that season? Manila Luzon got uh, Manila. So, of course, the things are going to change because of it. So, we'll see. Yeah. Now, Juju says that lip syncing against Mo was like lip syncing against one of the best she knows. Mo thought she was right there, but at least she got another week. Blue and Confessional tells us that Mo's rap was amazing. Her look was stunning, but she just didn't win that lip sync. It was cringe. I don't know if it was cringe. It wasn't terrible. I won't lie. I think I was kind of disappointed for, uh, from that lip sync. I feel I like I mean I was too because it's it. I wouldn't. I when Blue and Bagger went up against each other, I was like, oh, I, I don't really expect much because lip syncing is not part of uh, right. British drag like that. So I was like, oh, I'm not expecting much. Like you had Bagger rolling round on the floor. Exactly. The sausage roll. Exactly the sausage roll. Um, but when it came to Juju B and Mo, I was expecting so much more, and it just didn't deliver in that sort of sense. And especially with that song, it was a good song to lip sync mm-hmm. to. Toy is brilliant. Exactly. Um, I hope you have a good Eurovision this year. I don't know. I'm not not too not too keen. I feel like that that song would have been great for a comedy queen like Bagger, though. Absolutely, absolutely. It would have been so perfect. But Mo has a fire. Good. Yeah, exactly. Mo has a fire lit under her ass. She wanted more badges, but then she would have been panginated. So God works in mysterious ways. It is now the UK versus the US. Um, it's going to be the queen of the mother tucking world is about to be crowned. Who's going to be the winner? We'll see. New day, bag of station looks like a tornado hit it. Um, does she not clean up after herself? Or does she have minions who do it for her usually? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say as, as a drag queen myself, Sometimes you just want to get the wig off. You just want to take the lashes off, get rid of all the makeup, and you just want to you just want to lay down. To be honest, so I don't blame her for having a messy workstation. I, so. I'm kind of surprised that the show doesn't tell them part of your contract is to make sure you clean up after yourself because we have to put this on TV. Uh, <laughs> that being said, we've all watched either the US, UK, uh, Canadian, Australian version of Big Brother. No one cleans up after themselves, mm. and we watch it on TV, so it's fine. We can we 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 like a mess. This is Blue's first final and Juju's fourth, and both of them, ironically, have the gold Rue Peter badges. Juju reminds us that this is technically her second win in Drag Race history, so, like, she has one of the worst track records as one of the best contenders, which is wild. I, I don't know how she does it, to be honest. I, she's charismatic. She's very good. I, I, I thought she'd go home early this season because of her runways, but I also know that I, f- I feel like the other contestants were a little bit intimidated just by the f- just by um, like maybe the fans' reaction to if they sent Juju B home early. I think. I think I think so. I don't think they really realized how much everyone loved Pangina Heels. Uh, mm-hmm. So or or Jimbo to that matter. But right. um, yeah, I, I don't know. J- J- this was not the Juju we know. I, I guess she was like, I'm not getting money if I win from the BBC, so I'm going to give mm-hmm. you bare bones the, this is the thing why why spend loads of money on runways for a season where you can only win like badges and a, and a song oh Which we'll get to that song oh two. we'll get to that song <laughs> oh my god oh well, the song is a nice word for that um mm. Bacchus says that badges count for jack shit she says the final will go on the competition as a whole she says she got to the final by never being in the bottom but i'm like bitch what was last week you were the bottom 
<laughs> um, I guess when it comes to if you're not in the top, you're in the bottoms, then yeah, you're in the bottom. It's, it's, it's not exactly in the tin. <laughs> well, they all pine for the crown before they are interrupted by Rue's message, and the message they receive gives clues about a lip sync so they know what's about to happen. Rue thanks them for returning, and in their honor, she's staging a grand finale fit for a global stage. First on the main stage category is Finest Eleganza Extravaganza. Then they will be probed by the judges and also by the Eliminated Queens, which Blue is definitely shaking. And then in the first time in Drag Race UK history, they will engage in a lip sync smackdown for the crown. And now Baga is now shitting in her knickers. This this must be hard because as you alluded to earlier, that lip syncing isn't really what British drag artists do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have to point back to Charlie Hyde's. Oh God, no! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't want to think about that. Um, I feel like, although the lip syncing isn't part of British drag culture, these queens here—it's their second, or in Jujubee's case, um, not their second time on Drag Race. Right. Um, but I feel like they should have expected to at least like know how to lip sync properly. Yeah. Like, Bagger shouldn't really have been shitting in a knickers like that because you've done it once before you know what to expect at least put some practice in do you know what i mean well the girls are getting ready for the main stage and blue notes that she's never seen baga be so quiet she says she's just cleansing her beautiful skin juju is happy and elated to be sitting with all of them and she notes that they have two queens from the uk from different parts and then two queens from the us one is a brown asian person and one is a black person and when you think of America, do they think of someone who looks like them? And the answer is probably not. She is a Loatian queer man of color, and she is glad people who look like her get to see her as she has never had that when she was a child. She loves them all, and she hopes they can continue their friendship and sisterhood after this, this show. Blue wants to ask the room about first impressions, especially for Mo, who was reading them the second they walked in. Um, and Mo read Cheryl, and the girls laugh again. Um, why is Cheryl such an easy target? Because she's no bad, she's Cheryl, isn't she? Like, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. Like, she, she could be the UK equivalent of Juju B. She could be on like so many seasons <laughs> in until her fourth time round. So honestly, that's what's going to happen. You know what? She should keep losing, and th- she will continue to be on the show. But I, I tell you one thing, I can guarantee. I bet at all of her meet and greets, she gets given one of the uh, World of Wonder little the these oh, little badges. I bet she gets. <laughs> given those i you know what i want to give her one if i go to drag con i really do and she'll be like oh another one literally i bet she's got her own little like drawer full of them at home at this (laughs) point got a whole collection going on i'm here for it that's funny um becca says when juju and mo walked in the room she knew it was a proper competition as they both are drag race legends and she was starstruck Baga learned that she was that she always doubts herself, especially from her last season. She is good enough and deserves to be there. Juju saw Baga as a comedy queen and finds it touching to see her vulnerable side. Juju says if Baga wins, she will say it will be a mistake for saving her. I mean, facts are facts. Yeah, yeah. Blue would not change very much as her track record this season is completely different from her first season where she was either safe or in the bottom. But she has a badge for Snatch Game of all things. I'm, and I was like, wait, bitch, you, you did win last your last time around for the Frock Destroyers. Please Frock don't Destroyers. forget about that. 
And you, you can't forget about Frock Destroyers. They've got, they've got like a documentary coming out. So it's very important that no one ever forgets about the Frock Destroyers. Exactly. In fact, Voss Events is bringing the Frock Destroyers for a tour and I need to go. Oh, is that the, uh, the, the British Invasion? The British Invasion. I love that. I really want to now, go to that. I would like to know, I mean, since we're talking about it, that mm. cast, great cast, great lineup. Is Bimini just now too famous for this shit? I was thinking that because they've and got who's replacing Paul. her. I, it's just weird because you've got like um, the rest of the United Kingdom dolls. You've got all of the Frock Destroyers, and then there's just no Bimini, and it's like. Uh... You got, and then you have Cheryl and Crystal. Yay! <laughs> I mean, I just want to know who's going to take that part because they have to do um, UK Hun, and you can't not have someone take the part. True. Um, to um, I I went to the uh, Series 2 tour, which was a Vox Events one, and they did a segment of UK Hun. They did, like, one of the, like, one chorus and then stopped it. And it, everybody got, like, like, the whole audience stood up as soon as they heard the song come on, and they stopped it after the first chorus, and everyone was like, what? Like, why don't you just do the whole thing? Everybody That's rude. Like, yeah, it was such, it felt like clickbait, but on a stage in front of you, it was so weird. I would have thrown tomatoes. <laughs> Honestly, I was this close. Now, are you break up by bye or uh, UK Hun? Oh, I'll be honest. Obviously, not BDE. No one's BDE. Nobody's BDE. That that's forgotten. Um, I'm gonna say I'm a UK Hun. I think I am too. It's, it's yeah. okay. I, I I mean, Davina's my girl, but it's it's fine. It's, I can, <laughs> they they know they have their own version of the song. It's fine. I can listen to that one. Exactly. Exactly. Mo learned to be kind to herself. She is hard on herself. The competition showed her how strong she is. She got to shine. She feels settled and she knows her art and what she wants to give. Your queen is here and has been here the whole time. Blue says they all killed it. Maybe except for Juju. She is so fucking shady. (laughs) Juju admits there was some truth to it until she thought out. As Juju talks about how if you push yourself, you can make it to the end, she sees Blue and believes she's crying. But alas, she's not. She's just having trouble putting in her contacts. I can relate to that so hard. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I, feel, I feel like with Juju B, she does have the personality to go all the way. And it may be just, it, as we said, it, it's probably just a case of maybe not, not wanting to spend as much money on yeah. the runway when it's the first it's the first time they've done a season like this right. and you don't know what the outcome is going to be because it might just be, be another uk series free but who knows exactly <laughs> well as far as reading the edit i felt like everyone at this point seemed to be getting equal airtime and the confessional time was pretty equal though juju had a lot more positive confessional and growth confessionals than she's had all season so i i love to watch the final episode and be like okay who's who's winning based on what we're hearing Juju had a lot of airtime. Um, I don't know what production's thinking at this point. I that's it was confusing me, but all I know is that after that first season, I was very wrong about reading that edit. Definitely, definitely. Justice for Davina. <laughs> anyway, let's head over to the main stage because we're going to get things started right away. Rue comes out in a pink ruffle, pink ruffle number that does not look like a grand finale look, but I guess she just didn't have any more wardrobe left in uh, in England. I mean, one of the episodes she came out wearing those. Um, I think it was like pink, a top, a top half that was pink, and some like yellow leggings with like butterflies on them. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, what's happened there? Like, there's been some something's gone wrong. <laughs> but I guess 
there something happened with the budget of Rue's wardrobe? Or Probably. Because I, I think they point. filmed it back to back. So she just had nothing left to wear and they, and they maybe went to H&M. Oh, imagine. I mean, Michelle would probably vouch that. <laughs> we have family only. It's Michelle, Graham Norton, and Alan Carr. Wait, wait, wait. Where's Chatty Man Alan Carr? Did he get the chop? Where'd he go? So I only noticed this on the last episode. When Alan was on screen, I was like, have we actually had an episode this season with Alan? One, I think. One or Yeah, either one or two. I, I just don't, I don't remember seeing him at any point. Early on, I think... He- I think they had one honest. episode where they had no Alan and no Graham, but that which is very weird. Um, mm. Now, when it comes to all of the guest hosts, uh, guest um, judges this season, did you know all of them? Um, I'll be honest, no. There was the one episode uh, where it was Jonathan something. Jonathan Bailey. Yes, from Bridgerton. Do you not watch Bridgerton? Oh I've my not god, seen it. He is the sexy one on that show. Oh my god. Um, who else did we have? Um, I did. So there was one that I was really excited for, which was um, Daisy May Cooper, who... Yes, she's hilarious. I love her. She is an icon. And um, I met her at a show just after they'd finished filming UK versus the World. Oh, wow. And she came backstage. And she, Bagger was at the show as well. And they were just gossiping um, backstage. So you knew... I knew a few things, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was oh, just nice, there listening nice. in, like, what was that about GGB? What's that? <laughs> I was just like, oh, um, getting all of the goss right there. But Now, I have not been able to find uh, her TV show because I really would like to watch it, um, and, but it's not anywhere in the U.S. right now. But there is a U.S. version of the show now. They made oh, a, this a remake. country? Yeah, they yes. made a, a U.S. version of it. So I want to watch this country before I it, watch the U.S. version. Oh, 100%. It's... It, is so good. It represents British culture to a T, I'd say. Because after watching Broadchurch and then watching the American version of Broadchurch, it's like, no, nope, the British version better. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to expect from Jonathan the Bailey was on that too. On what? Uh, Broadchurch. On Broadchurch. I've not seen that either. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> good. I am waiting for Olivia Coleman to sit on that guest judge chair. That oh, would be the best. Yes, she, please. her and Catherine Tate are my two dream uh, guest judges. Catherine Tate, definitely, definitely. Um, but Catherine Tate as Lauren Cooper. Catherine Tate as Nan. Okay, that's funny too. Which, speaking of, the Nan movie is coming out soon, and I'm excited for it. I I, I love Catherine Tate because I I'm also a newly converted Hoovian. So you're new newly converted. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm waiting. Seen... I'm waiting for the reveal. I want to know who the fourteenth Doctor is. I feel that. I feel that same. I hope it's David Tennant. I hope it is. I'm seeing the rumors as well, and I'm like, I need, I need also a drag queen companion. That would be here. That would be fun. I'm here That'd for be, it. I mean, it should be tea or coffee. Let's be honest. I mean, or Lawrence, yeah, I mean, Lawrence Shaney. And, and and River Medway loves the show also. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll, all three of them. All three of them. Let's That'd do be it. a show. All right, we're gonna start off with the runway. The category is grand finale eleganza extravaganza. And in honor of this category, we are going to play Crown It or Frown It. We don't do that toot and boot here. We do Crown It or Frown It. Okay. Starting off with the Eliminated Queens. And then we'll discuss the final four and their critiques. First off is Lemon. Look by Joshua Naponte, hair by What Wigs. Uh, she's here to make you believe that she was eliminated too soon. Get it? <laughs> uh, this is an incredible homage to Canada. It sparkles in all the right ways. It's big. It's drag. It's fashion. It's camp. It's nice to see Lemon in not yellow. 
Uh, I see no flaws. This was basically perfection. I I'm looking at it now, and she she's just. I could see her being the entrance to the Canada's workroom. Do you know the big yeah. like, maple leaf? She could just be laying down on the floor and they could just walk, all the queens could just come in and walk past her. And I, I would, think she I would enjoy that. I wouldn't mind it. I'd just be like, that's amazing. No, it's flawless. The amount of work that's gone into it so clearly. I'm yeah. I'm just disappointed if we didn't get to see more of Lemon now that I'm looking at it. I mean, I I, I know it's my personal bias. I know her. Um, she and I are fine. Um, I just like the rest of the cast better. So I was like, I am okay with limiting lemon. No. <laughs> I was I would have lost it if they lo- if we lost Janie first, but I'll give this a crown it. I mean I enjoy it. Yeah, crown it, crown it. The audience, 86% crown it, 14% frown it. Next is Cheryl Hall, wig by Wig Chapel, look by Fancy Boy London. Uh so it looks a little bit hodgepodge in hearts and crafts, but um it's a pretty gown and she glued flowers to it. I think the message where she's included the flowers of the UK is cute. The hair is beautiful. I love the pageant up too. It's just on the simple side. And if this is what she was going to wear for her crowning, eek. I, I feel like if I seen this come out in a sewing challenge, I'd be like, oh, okay, she's yeah. done it. Um, but no, considering she, she had time pre coming onto the show to actually put this together, I'm like, oh... That was a choice. Like it not was for, not for a finale. Definitely not. I'm yeah, gonna frown it, I'm afraid. I will frown it as well. The audience, 38% crown it, 62% frown it. Jimbo, look by Jenny Mummery, headpiece by Creo Solutions, jewels by friend of the podcast, and accessories. I think this has a lot of references, but we needed to hear them to know what they actually were. The moose crown is stupid. I live for it. Would have loved to have it even bigger the dress is very pretty shines in all the right ways the color the colors are supposed to represent the changing of the leaves it did feel a bit too dark but when she posted it on instagram it did really give you the colors yeah again not what i would have imagined jimbo wearing for the finale no i feel like with the finale you've got to be obviously really elegant yeah um, to an extent but also show off your personality and with jimbo the personality is about how fun she is. And I don't, I'm not really getting the fun element from this. Absolutely. Um, and I agree with you on the, it's a bit too dark uh, side of it. Overall, um, it's still good. It's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I don't know it. what's going on with the, the shoulder. Yeah. I don't know either. It's very, it's I, very like it. um, I like it. Nonetheless, yeah. we'll crown it. A big the audience crown. agrees. 75% crown it. 25% frown it. Next up, Pangina heels. Look by tube gallery. Headpiece by military Bangkok. Jewels by, Jules from Art Aria. Uh, this is drag camp high fashion art. I'm obsessed. She wanted to be the queen of the UK, so she's marrying Elizabethan regality with some Marie Antoinette face while capturing Thai aesthetic on her head. She's a very smart queen. I think the look has just the right amount of movement. The boots are great, though. I think it was the wrong shade of gold, but that's like the only flaw I see out of this. I, I adore this. I don't think we've seen these type of shoulders on drag race ever like this nope. the whole silhouette as a whole is something completely new and just not done before so um i i'm obsessed with this to be honest the amount of work too. that's nearly gone into it amazing crown it amazing crown it the audience 93% crown it 7% frown it and finally in this category Janie JK no designers listed uh, i know she's a little behind on her posting but 
I get what she was trying to do here, but you'd think after watching her sister, Madam Madness, glue cows and grass to her look on her own season, she would have strayed away from gluing flowers to her dress. I think having the blue, uh, the tulip bottom melt into the sky with the sun being the centerpiece would have been better if the tulips were not 3D, but maybe painted onto the gown. That being said, velvet is, is hard to work with, but it works here. Also, do not think it was the right hair for this look. Why did she go frazzle hair? Like, do a beautiful updo like Cheryl, and this would have been divine. I feel like she should have matched the wig color to like the the clouds on the dress, and that would yeah. have added a nice little element to it. Um, also, the nail gloves—they're quite like blocky nails, and I just don't—I just can't stand that. They look really out of place on her. Um, as for the flowers, they're—I like the, that the bottom row are like. A specific color but the rest of them just look like they've been thrown at her and just been stuck there but yeah mm, yeah it's a frown it. i love you janie but mm. frown it frown it the audience 32 percent crown it for 68 percent frown it bag of chips no designers listed uh it's an upgrade from season one for sure um she says it's an homage to elizabeth taylor so yes this has aged her a little bit but uh, the puppy, puppy sleeves are fitting. The headpiece is a lot. It's not what we're used to seeing from Baga. So having it as the last look is an interesting choice, but she went for broke. She was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So for Baga, like, I was quite shocked by this. I really didn't expect yeah. it from her. Um, I'd say it, it does give an element of Baga because Baga's got these references to quite, um, quite old-fashioned, quite classic things. So Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, that's quite a good... Uh, reference for her that's very in character um but this look as a whole from her i was i was amazed by it to be honest yeah i love it michelle says it's been a journey where she called back to what they loved about her with her hilarious much better song to start and her looks that were costumey she says she brought it her to the show she says her look is so beautiful the headpiece is magnificent but she loved that she came out and felt beautiful she was classy graham says that people don't understand how difficult it is to come back, and he felt she wasn't pushing herself as far as she should until Snatch Game. She was back, fully formed, and reminded them of her genius. Rue says the world has embraced her with the relatability that make people walk down the street and say much better. It's a good thing in this business. Baga says she's done well since the competition, and this is where it all started. She says if it wasn't for Rue, she'd be a boozer having a drink and being a joke. She thanks them for giving her the opportunity and she's here where, whenever she wants her. We're just going to ask her why does the world need drag more than ever? First off, I was like, are we doing my podcast? That is totally a question that I ask, but okay, fine. <laughs> she says that we're in a bad place in the world at the moment. And with her kind of drag, she likes to make people laugh, even though she's sad sometimes. She gets emotional as she says, if she can make anyone who's down forget for five seconds and make them laugh, her job is worth it. She states that there is a petition out there to make her a Teletubby. Rue asks how many signature. Baga says 87. And I say, come on, listeners, let's help her out. She needs 100,000 to get to Parliament. We got you, Baga. We're making you a Teletubby. I, I do remember her sharing that uh, petition all over Twitter <laughs> at one point. So stupid. Um, I, I'd completely forgotten about it until they brought it up. And I was like, oh, my Christ. Like, why? Why is that something you, want, you, you said on Drag Race? <laughs> um, very in character, though. Um, I also loved the fact that she got vulnerable at one point. Um, Absolutely. And I, I, I nearly, I literally nearly cried at that bit because um, as, like, I, I'm quite uh, good mates with Bagger. So 
it. Well, I mean, I mean, please tell her what she said uh, really resonated with me because I'm definitely someone who, yeah, we all have depression. We all go through things. I go to drag shows to forget for five minutes, five seconds, just, just yeah. for a moment. And I think what she said is resonated with me the most because that is what drag is for me. Uh, so yeah. I was really, really proud to see her have this moment. And I don't know when we'll get the next chance to see her have her vulnerable side. Um, I'm sure she'll be on a million more reality shows. It's bound <laughs> to happen. Um, but yeah, this was a really beautiful moment. And I almost wish we got a little sooner in the season. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like with Bagger, it's always very like in the first episode where she's there and she's like shouting about how much she loves her fans and everybody else is looking around the room at each other like what's going on she has a lot of those moments so to have a moment that's the complete uh opposite to it was just i don't know i just wanted to give her a hug right there and then Absolutely. You know I mean? literally i was like oh no i'm gonna break um but yeah she definitely does need more of those moments and it's just a case of if she does go on like well she definitely will go on more tv shows but um it just depends what sort of shows are going to let her have those vulnerable. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like this is the time where it took her two seasons for the show to kind of break her down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's stressful. On series one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this look sadly a frown. It's not my favorite, but um, it's an improvement. I'm going to crown it. All right. It you're might a, be, you're allowed might be to. be a bit of bias, um, but I feel like for her, it's really... She has put her all into that, I can tell. So the, the um, audience was 31% crown it, 69% frown it. Next up, we have Blue Hydrangea. Look by Hona Atelier, corset by Missy Couture, hair by Christoph Mecca. <laughs> She's beautiful. I hair. love it, the color. Um, she has such a petite body, and yet when she wears garments that are big and large, they never look like they're ill-fitting. She knows how to wear clothing and knows how to paint a mug, and that's why she is so good at what she does. The blue is a breathtaking color on her. I love the message she's evoking with the look. Um, and in the age of stones in the hair, this is a beautiful one. It's very Lollipop Guild meets Paris Runway. Uh, the shoes are not my favorite, but they sparkle, so I guess that's why she picked them. But this is the look you want to be crowned in. Wait. We'll get to something later. Yeah, I love this look. I I get what you mean about the shoes. And one thing I did pick up on um, whilst I was watching the episode, I was like, I recognize those shoes. It's because it's the same shoes she wore for DragCon UK when she was dressed as like a big pixie. And I was like, oh, she's wore the exact same shoes. So... <laughs> They're, they're not anything new. They've, they've just been sat in their wardrobe, I guess. Um, I do feel like the the bird that she's got with the two little flags, the flags could have been more obvious, maybe, because Probably. I didn't notice them until the camera zoomed it. in. And I was like, oh, they're quite small. But um, no, I love it. The the, uh, the rhinestone work in the wig took me by storm. I was like, oh, wow. Mm. That is, that's taken a lot of time. So I'm obsessed with that. Stunning. Michelle says that this in this competition, she more than anyone wanted to prove how much she's grown and she can rest assured she's done that. She says that she came out hard hitting in the variety show with a ridiculous act and then had a wonderful snatch game. You can tell how much she loves doing what she does and how proud of it she is. Graham says that they remember her as a sweet potty mouth girl from Northern Ireland and look at her now. He says that she played the game brutal at times as a silent assassin, which they cut straight to Pangina on the side, but she did it. Uh, she played by the rules and got it, her there, job completed. 
Rue says she wishes more people got the opportunity to revisit a situation and then prove themselves. She has done it and she says it's amazing watching her grow up. Blue thanks them for her their awesome words. She says coming back, she might have had an agenda and didn't expect to be this cutthroat. She looked at the lineup in the first week and thought she was the filler queen, but being up there now, it feels right. She says in life, if you ever feel like a filler queen, dig your feet into the ground and tell yourself you're not going anywhere. You deserve to be there. Rue asks, she says she looks gorgeous and asks about the dress. Blue says she incorporated the dove on her bodice holding the Union Jack and the Irish flag as there is troubled past with Northern Ireland and she wanted to say there is a future of peace and her being there is visibility for the people back home that you can be yourself in whatever way you want to be and thrive. Rue is going to ask her why the world needs drag more than ever and she says they represent queers in every facet. They can represent a general community of people but they can also represent one person watching the show at home without their parents knowing which is what she was. She hopes there is one little Josh out there who gets to see her and smile and wants to live their life to the fullest. Very sweet. She's it, definitely yeah, grown up. It's a very, um, I don't know, quite like a heartwarming moment for, for Blue, definitely. She had, which I'll point out, she's had more uh, vulnerable um, side shown to her this season compared to the Absolutely. first season, I feel, um, which is just lovely to see. So we've definitely seen her progression throughout this like even from this season there's just been a lot more um that we've just seen of her just showing us who she is mm -hmm. rather than her drag like we know her absolutely more person now, and i think for me like i i said the episode where she discussed her um where she felt she felt was gender wise for me i was like if the if she wins that's the moment she won that's the realization yeah, where no. she came into herself and she became a real fully fledged character that you watched because you see yourself in um so blue really has grown and you you could see that the her first season that she was this timid drag artist who was there as a fan and doing doing this with the big the the, the big kids and now she is the big kid yeah definitely i think didn't she um wasn't the the bit where she um spoke about gender and stuff? that was only episode two as well so she she, she clearly felt felt like she fitted in much easier this time around absolutely considering she's she's already she was just on episode two and already coming out with all this stuff like that and it was just good to see from her definitely this look for me is absolutely a crown it oh 100 percent crown yeah it should be 100 percent, but only the audience went 97 percent crown it three percent frown it so y'all three percenters you're wrong literally yeah, telling you you're wrong i'll just assume they clicked the wrong option <laughs> Next up is GGB. No designers listed. This is what GGB is expected to be. I love the red on her. It's very divine. The matching gloves, wonderful. It's elegant, yet has that extra poof to be a bit drag. Her hair is very sexy. Um, there have been others on this runway who did not wear a necklace that didn't have to due to the earrings and the cut of the dress. Juju could have had a killer statement with a beautiful red ruby necklace. That being said, she is just serving you chest. Yeah, I mean, she's done um, finale looks so many times at this point where I feel like she, there's nothing more she can do. Like, this right. is uh, doing exactly what she needs to do, and it's stunning. I love it. Yeah, and after All-Stars 5, I don't think she was able, ever going to be able to top a, a finale dress. No, 100%. So she's, she's I would have just worn the same thing again. <laughs> just come out for, for anyone who's not seen that series. Exactly. <laughs> Michelle says she is one of the most beloved queens with a track record to show that 
which is why she was confused in the beginning of the competition. The minute she decided to re-enter her body, she was off and running. She calls the look classically Juju from the color, the cut, the look, the hair, the jewelry. She is glad she brought her back to the competition. Graham says she was suddenly defrosted and she was back in electrifying. If she was thought out last week, tonight she's sizzling. They are buying her a sports car and beach house. Rue was proud she wound up in the final four as it's satisfying to see people you love and admire finally hit their mark. Rue asks her what her thoughts on what was going on early on. And Juju says a few days before she stepped back on the stage, she saw a picture of her mother, the woman who abandoned her and her sisters when she was 15. She looked happy, so she was confused, and it took all of those weeks to forgive her so she could get back here. All she could think about was being left and not having a family. Standing there, she felt she was at home again. Last week, she said she had to come back, and that's why she's still here, and she's not going anywhere. Rue says that she's sorry that happened to her or any child. She says one of her prayers is saying, I release all resentments to you. If you don't believe it, saying it actually works as it speaks to the willingness of letting go. Once again, why does the world need drag more than ever? Juju says, as the queer person, a drag queen, they have the ability to shine light into the darkest places. Airline, that little kid that nobody got to look up to, but when he saw Mama Rue, he thought ornamental and wanted to do that. It's the full full circle moment and she's there. It's love. Really interesting to hear um, Juju's backstory because four seasons in, we didn't know this. We didn't. Um, I felt like it was quite a Roxy Andrews moment in that sense, but Roxy... I was going to make a really bad joke. Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> That's fine. Um, quite, quite curious to know what you're going to say now. Um, but no, uh-huh. it's, it is strange that after all this time, we're only just hearing about it now, but it just makes me love her even more, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I completely agree. Like she's She's definitely shown that she she deserved to be there another time. Like I get loads of people keep pointing out, oh, she's been there this time, this many amount of times compared to everybody else. But there's a reason. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. She's got the personality. She's got the factor that everyone loves about her. Um, and yeah, just she's there. She's doing what she needs to do. Why shouldn't she be there? Absolutely. It's a crown it. Love this look. Crown it. Crown it. 100%. Audience, 88% crown it, 12% frown it. Finally, Mo Hart. No designers listed. I want to love it. I do, but I don't. I, it's mixed at best. The orange really, really, really pops as a color. But being a flat satin really makes it stand out in all the wrong ways when you get to that cage corset. Um, we all know I love an iridescent moment. So the centerpiece, it should have been the cage. But again, there's that orange. I feel like if maybe the orange was purple, it would have been the right pick. The hair is high. It gives me evil villain. And honestly, if this was an evil supervillain in the Marvel universe, I would be here for it. I, yeah, I agree with that. I don't really get why she's mixed iridescent with orange. Um, but can I just say she's got an actual, she's got a lovely body. Like, absolutely. Just the exposed shoulders and arms. She's just got such a nice, like, physique about her um, mm-hmm. that I really did appreciate with this look. Um, but yeah. I, I do like the caged corset, um, just not with the orange. It's a bit of a mix for me. Maybe mm-hmm. add some iridescent pieces onto the orange, possibly, and that might elevate it, but it's a bit too random. Graham says the world needs Momo Hart. He, sells, he says she's been amazing in the competition. Everything she did was highlights. Billy Porter was great. Her stage presence is something no one can learn. 
He says that she has come out here as a Mad Max warrior empress, and that's her. She's a competitor. Michelle says there are so many looks she brought this season that she should be proud of. The Butch Queen look for her was epic. When she has done in this, what she's done in this competition is nothing short of incredible. Rue says she is a competitor and looks like a queen. She says she can feel a tug of war inside of her. There's armor on the outside, but right below the surface is a sensitive child. Mo says she feels like she pushes people away because she feels she is too much for people, so she feels like she just has herself. She was an only kid and would perform at home in her working mom's clothes. When her mom caught her, she said, I'm not raising a faggot. But it was those times that prepared her for this moment because this time her mom is proud of her. She didn't have that the first two times. To be there knowing this time she's cheering the whole time means the world. Ruth says she's been wanting her mother's approval, but what counts the most is the approval between Mo and the child inside. Lastly, why does the world need drag more than ever? Mo says drag is the universal language. She is American, but now has sisters around the world. They may not speak the same tongue, but have the same language. Universally, the language is love. That is what drag has given her. She would sneak in the library and look up RuPaul. That's her. She would play in her mom's clothes and go, why does this lace front look different? Her mamas don't look like that as they were hard fronts and Ruth came out with the scalp and that was before they started making those. Drag is the language of love that everyone knows and everyone wants. As we've heard her say before, Ruth says she's learned that the power available to her in drag is available out of drag. It blew her mind. We've all been through it. When you feel down, lean on your sisters. Stronger people than us could learn from things from their journeys. Again, really, really emotional story coming um, back about her mom and, and uh, her mom filing approve of her. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm just not someone who resonates with Mo. I don't know what it is. She, there's just a disconnect. Oh, I, I was going to say, like, I feel like out of all of the queens this season, I feel like Mo's like, sort of character progression has been like the most obvious to me. Um, Absolutely. First episode, she comes in and she's quite... Uh, she got her guards up, like she's quite uh, shady towards the other queens. Um, I guess you say it's a competitive side, but uh, then by the by the uh, this last episode, at one point she she spoke about Bagger, and she said about how much she does love Bagger, and I was like, oh, like I didn't expect that from her, considering Fair. the way she came in, in the first episode. So I feel like with Mo this season, I definitely grew to love her even more than I already did, um, just through that uh first episode i was like oh, i'm not really going to enjoy her but definitely definitely enjoyed her by by this finale and i do love that she's had her vulnerable moment on the stage as well considering she was all guards up episode one absolutely so this look i'm very mixed as i said before i'm gonna give it a crown it even though it's like right on the line it's like barely there um yeah, yeah, I'm going to say crown it, but borderline, borderline crown it. The audience loved it more than us. 76% crown it, 24% frown it. Well, Rue says that they've captured the attention of fans from across the globe and played some videos for them. First up, we have, there's chatty man Alan Carr, who can't be there and won't say why. I really want to know why. He's gutted to not be there, but wishes them all the best of luck. Don't forget about him. Then we have a message from my dear friend, Billy Porter, who wishes them good luck and if they want to win the SmackDown, they have to pose, darling. And now we know why Rue forced her to do Billy Porter in Snatch Game. <laughs> and then there is Naomi Campbell, who also wishes them luck as they are the top queens of the world and hopes they do their country proud. I'm like, I just forgot Naomi Campbell existed. 
same, actually same. <laughs> cool, that's fun. The finalists head back for their iceless cocktails. They congratulate each other as they all poured their hearts on the stage. Juju says hearing from Rue that she's proud of her is what she's been waiting for from a figure like that. She opened up about her mom and that was six months before her dad died. Going through that and being here makes her finally feel loved. Blue feels amazing. Whatever happens, she's proud of her. Mo wants to sit in the corner and just wail, but there's no time for that because the eliminated queens are there and Blue Hydrange is not ready. <laughs> not ready. Um, one thing I need to point out was yeah. uh, I think it might have been the episode prior or something like that, but when Juju B and Bagger were talking about um, their struggles with alcohol, one thing I did pick up this season was that when they walk in and they grab their cocktails, Jujube would always grab an orange one, which I assumed was like the alcohol-free one. But this time around, there was no orange one. It's just a weird thing that I was like, that's a bit strange. So maybe she thought it was the final winter. Maybe she treated herself. But no, I was just like, oh, it's quite interesting that there wasn't interesting Jujube this time. All right. Well, Blue is going to break the ice and says it's nice to see them all. And Lemon is ready to hear all the drama as she doesn't know anything that happened. Jenny jokes that it was wonderful with all the girls not being there. And I'm like, ah, she's so shady. <laughs> the biggest gag, according to Janie, was Blue Hydrangea eliminating the strongest competition. And Pangina says, oh, and slurps. Uh, that slurp sound effect was very loud. Janie says it was a gag because of how heartbroken Pangina was. She said she was fine. And then they all break into laughter because truth hurts and laughter is a band-aid. Pangina states that she didn't think she did the worst that week and she wasn't prepared to go home. She says when she was talking to Blue about it, she assured her she wasn't going home. She's curious. And Blue says she never said that. And then we roll the tape because we need to know. So after watching it back, I think they're both right. They're both wrong. They're both able to have the conversation fit their narrative as the selected words were very, very, very vague. What did you think? Who's right? I who's think, wrong? Are they both right or wrong? I think Pangina in the moment was just sort of, she sort of took anything Blue said as what she wanted to hear rather than what sure. Blue was actually saying. So she took it as in like a guarantee. Whereas if you listen to it, Blue's not really giving anything like it. She's, she's not saying yes, she's not saying no. Yeah, very on the fence. So it was very, I think for Pangina, definitely took it for what she wanted to hear. Absolutely. Um, especially with production, you never know what's being said <laughs> on the sidelines. So, absolutely. Knows? Pangina, oh, Blue says it's the worst thing she has had to do in her life. And Pangina jumps in and is like, I want to know why. She says that the way she took Jimbo out, it was a similar opportunity for her to get out the biggest competition. If she didn't do it, someone else was going to. Pangina just wanted the closure. She didn't play that game. She took Jimbo out because he is obviously a competition, but she took it every week as to who did the worst in that challenge. At the end of the day, they're both going to have their laurels. They're both going to sit on how they believe. And that's just how it is. But let's check on Jimbo, shall we? <laughs> she was so devastated. Was, was, what was shittiest to her was talking to Pangina how dead inside she looked she wasn't listening to what she was saying pangina says she was listening and she had a lot to say and jimbo was like barely pangina says she didn't allow her to say anything as jimbo mocks her with a crying gesture she tells jimbo she can spin it however she wants but that's how it happened 
And Bag is telling us it's like a game of ping pong following along with this trio. And it really is. It's, it's a lot. And now Jimbo is going to serve some of the most pointed shade we have ever seen since. Well, Jimbo did it to Rita Vega. Jimbo says that she was just laying in bed and thinking how she was just going to talk about how shitty that stupid outfit was with her damn ponytails and all those stupid ties or how shitty she looked in that dumb polka dot look or talk about how much of a stupid bitch she is. But then Ruth had released to the universe and that's what she's done. So she's not going to say those things. And the rest of the girls just laugh and say, bitch, you just did that. Jimbo is shady. I love it. So I know there's been quite a lot of um, uproar on, on Twitter and stuff like this about, about this situation. Um, but me personally, whilst I was watching it, I didn't see it as anything past the point of Jimbo referencing her fight with Rita in the in Canada series one. Right. Um, like I, for me, it was very much, it, it, it was similar to Bagger going around saying much better. It was very just uh, a reference to something that had happened in Jimbo's previous season. And I didn't see, see it as anything past that. And I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of uproar about this. I think what is hard is Jimbo's very dry very 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 dry so the way Jimbo speaks it sounds sincere and real but you don't know if it is it's is it a joke is it real that's the the, that's the humor of what Jimbo does I remember seeing the exit interview uh, Jimbo did with why she black and I was like I can't tell if you're being actually an asshole right now and don't want to be there or you're just hilarious and that's what kind of makes us all. That's what. That's why we fell in love with Jimbo. That's why we did in season one, and that's why we were gutted to lose Jimbo when we did. But this is just her personality. Yeah, exactly. Like it's very. You've got to take take everything that she says with a pinch of salt at the end of the day because I don't. I don't you, as you said, you you never you can never really be too sure what she actually means and what's a joke. So now. Do you know the tea? Are are Jimbo and Pangina civil or are they no longer speaking to each other? Um, Yeah, from what I've heard, um, I don't think they do speak. um, Not surprised. Um, I hope the game is a game. I I hope so too. You know what? Maybe, maybe at DragCon LA, they'll they'll reconcile seeing each other in person. I mean, I did see them tweet each other a few days ago about it and i don't know it's very short and sweet but hey i mean listen this stuff happens you can't love all your sisters exactly but with that hopefully when they do see each other again soon then because the reality is they know what the fans are going to expect they know what the fans are going to want they're going to want to see them interact with each other so they're going to have to at least have a private conversation be like all right how are we approaching this so we don't cause world war 57 because we're at what what, number three right now (laughs) exactly that um Um, but yeah i i enjoy jimbo i've always enjoyed jimbo um so i i think you and i are on the same page of what that conversation was but it was funny shade it was very funny yeah it was funny it was very funny in the moment and i'm glad the other queens saw it as that and didn't make a big deal of it um but yeah it should i feel feel like it should be something that should just be like shrugged off as Absolutely. Now, Lemon is going to ask what they have all learned from this experience, and Lemon says, nothing. 
Jimbo says she's learned forgiveness. All the girls are like, okay, sure. Yeah. Pangina has learned that this is one of the best experiences of her life, and she's met the best people, and she's much better drag queen coming out of this. Mo celebrates that they are the first case cast of UK versus the world, and if they don't do it again, they're it. And then we hear Cheryl say the only word she says all episodes. Up your bum, no babies. That's it. That's all Cheryl Hole said this entire episode. I didn't. I didn't even realize that. You know. Yeah. I didn't. I, don't, I feel they I did her that, dirty. They did I her dirty. I, I didn't notice a lack of Cheryl this episode, but I don't know when she came when she comes out in a dress like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's time to get back on the main stage, and in a fa- in a fabulous fabulous change of pace, we see our final four on stage wearing looks that are not reveals. There is no reveal to be had. Listeners, if that cast of season 14 comes out with a fucking 40-pound reveal, it's over. I'm not watching. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We don't need reveals anymore. Just just give us talent. That's all we ask. Thank you. Just Thank talent you. and maybe a nice wig. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got three out of four nights wigs, right? Um, we got three, I guess. <laughs> To explain how who they'll choose as winner, there is a video message from Drag Race's number one fan, Elton John. Who was expecting that? Nobody. They must have a bit of budget this season. I bet you, Elton John, when COVID is is leaner, uh, Elton John will be a guest judge. Quite possibly, yeah. Just like I'm predicting, I'm predicting it. Episode one. UK4, I'm predicting Adele doing it only because I know she was in the UK during filming and I know her best friend is Alan Carr. It has to happen. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, that's a really good idea, actually. It was there with with Cheryl. So I know she's in town. Oh, maybe she maybe that's the reason she went to heaven to see Cheryl, because she wanted to Mm -hmm. see what Drag Race is about. And just see what oh, she loves is. drag. She's a huge drag fan. I know she came to her and Jennifer Lawrence were at a drag show in New York a couple of years ago, oh. um, and it was the biggest to do because everyone's like, of course, taking pictures and everything, and they were both <laughs> drunk off their ass. Oh, that, that would be a really good idea to have a guest judge. It would, it would be something that they'd yeah. they that would be in a promo. Do you know what I mean? Like they did with um, like Miley oh, Cyrus and exactly. Well, Elton shares that a spin of the wheel will determine which two queens can beat in lip sync number one. The two remaining queens will face off in lip sync number two. The two winning queens will compete in the ultimate lip sync battle for the crown. Good luck and don't go breaking my heart. I was hoping it was going to be all Elton John songs, but no, we didn't get that. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was just going to be RuPaul songs just straight up. Oh, no, that would be the worst thing ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it at that. But to determine the first contender, Lemon is going to get to spin the wheel. I guess it's okay going home first. You get to do something. It lands on Mo Harp. She gets to select, select an opponent, and the pressure is on, and she goes with the wisely and strategically smart choice with Bag of Chips. And Bag of tries to joke it off and says, why would you pick the dancer? At least she is aware of what is about to happen. See, I, I thought it would be more fair if they spun the wheel twice to see who would go against who. I think they've done that. To... Of course, that is the more fair way to do it. Yeah, because... I don't know it, why they don't do it that way. It's, it, it was unfair on Bagger. I mean, I guess it was unfair on Bagger at that point um, to have somebody else choose her instead of it be random. But I guess that's I... the way they did it. Yeah, well, this means that the second lip sync will be Juju B and Blue. 
As the challenger, Baga gets to pick the box to reveal the song. She doesn't even get to know what the songs are. Uh, so she's just going to pick Graham's box. And the song is uh, Domino by Jesse J. And it's a dance song. Oh, shit. I do love that song, though. I do, too. It's so good. I, I used to have it as my ringtone on my phone when it first came out. But... It's so good. Um, I just wish Jesse J. wasn't as problematic as she is sometimes. But that's... <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Well, bag it in red, mow in yellow. It is ketchup versus mustard. Baga looks like Liza Minnelli and immediately looks like a nan at a wedding dance floor. Uh, she is having fun serving moves that I would do. Uh, and that's all that mattered because Mo was just the soul of the song. Uh, there were no sausage rolls harmed in the making of this lip sync, but alas, the winner of the first lip sync is Mo Hart. Baga Chips has been eliminated. What did you think of the lip sync? So I'll be honest, I did think, in my opinion, that Baga won the lip sync. Um, okay. I felt... She was doing more of a comedic lip sync, and yes. I did. I, I did question it. I was like, "Oh, have they edited out Rue ruin the judges laughing at this point?" Because I feel like in any other episode they would have laughed at oh, those boy. sort of things in a lip sync. Um, so I think it might have been a production thing where they've sort of already made their mind up that Bagger's not going to make it through or something like that. But it did feel very much like there was no laughing there at stuff that they'd usually laugh at. 100%. Absolutely. Well, she may not have won the crown, but at least she has Princess Diana's cheekbones. Full circle. <laughs> oh, we love Full it. Full circle. Full circle with the paps, paps, paps right in the middle. Um, it is time for the Blue Jujube lip sync. Um, or as I call it, the Blue Jube. The song is from Shell's Box, and it is The Reflex by Duran Duran. The face that Juju gave was like, well, this one is too British for me. Is this a good lip sync song? No. no, I don't think so. No. Why Duran Duran? I don't. I don't get what they would get where they were going with this. To be honest, I mean, when you when usually there is a um, a male vocalist, there usually is some sort of queer undertone, queer artist, something to do with that. There's nothing tied to Duran Duran, to my knowledge. No, it, it's it's so random a choice, for, especially for a finale lip sync. I was like, we need something quite. I don't know, camp, maybe upbeat, and just... I mean, come on, there's a million songs by Dua Lipa you could perform. Exactly. Like, honestly, anything that can give us high energy at this point, that's all we need. It's the bloody finale. We need something to actually, like, grasp onto as a viewer at this point. But no, Duran Duran it is, I guess. I have to say that I adore Blue's look. I love, 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 love the teal and orange color combo. Uh, for me, this was a really strong lip sync. They both gave awful dancing infused with just the right amount of camp. I I felt with Blue's look, it was very much, um, it felt like she was paying uh, a reference or an homage to her promo look for series one. Yeah. With just the same color palette. Um, but no, it was really cute. And at one point, um, she was stood like literally in front of Jujubee and Jujubee was on her the orange side of her. And I felt it looked really cute. It was just like a nice little combo at that yeah. point. No, it was good. I was, when I looked at her look, I was like, wait, is that Davina's uh, frog destroyer hair? But I, I think Davina's fr- uh, hair is a little more of a ponytail, but I was like, I th- that no, looks... I, th- I think it might be... Um, Very I similar. Something to do with um, frog destroyer hair was used on this season. Interesting. But I wasn't sure whether it was baggers or not. Well... The winner of the second lip sync is Blue Hydrangea. 
um, as most of the lip sync was focused on blue. Jujube has been eliminated and ends up in third for the fourth time. Not a joke, just a fact. Just, so, just tragic. So Juju doesn't win her lip sync. So my theory of her winning the show and her prize being that she has to be a contestant on Queen of the Universe is now officially incorrect. So now I ask, why the hell was she on that show? Maybe because <laughs> she, she sang for All Stars on uh, the talent show, but I don't know apart from that. I, oh, God. Did you watch Queen of the Universe? Um, no, I didn't, to be honest. It's okay. Um, I I enjoyed it. I'm still not happy with the result, but it's fine. I'm very biased there because uh, one of my very favorite vocalists, Ada Vox, did not win, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, why Juju B was on that show and eliminated in the first round because she could not sing Ariana Grande beyond me. Don't get it. <laughs> I think she was probably just used for promo pur- purposes at that point. Yeah. I was like, Juju, you're, you don't get um, like auto tune here. This is a pure vocal. Vocal. This is a vo- singing competition. It was bad. Yeah. Anyway, Juju is elated and grateful, and thanks Rue for her cats getting the best litter because of Rue. Juju be or not to be, that is the question. Now, before the final two come back, Rue rewards all the eliminated queens a QBE, a Queen of Global Eleganza Award. Cheryl's won something. About Yay. time. About time. Um, they're very pretty, but Blue and Mo return and they are ready to get that crown. Mo is in a neon fantasy and Blue is in an iridescent beauty and I'm here for it. The winner will, will receive a crown and scepter from Fierce Dragon Jewels Plus an all expense paid trip to Hollywood to record a duet with Mama Rue and I say bullshit Vivian bullshit. <laughs> One, did Blue Hydrangea leave the country? Two, no way did RuPaul step into a recording studio to pull off that bullshit. Of a no, mashup. no, no, no. That is literally, I feel like the actual song in the end was just a mega mix. There has to, there has to be a different song. This has to be a placeholder. It has to be. Yeah. And also the fact that Spotify might have leaked the winner. Um, the oh, they sure did. They totally did. Like, All right. Oh. Well, the song is Supernova by Kylie Minogue. We live for a Kylie moment. But Rue is obsessed with this album. There are so many classic Kylie Minogue songs, and she is stuck on disco in every show right now. Yeah, I mean, good album, but I'm here for it. I hope I hope Kylie is an actual guest judge on Down Under. Oh yeah, because wasn't didn't she just appear on like a a screen? Yeah, it was terrible, really (laughs) embarrassing. On an episode where they didn't even use her music. Exactly. Poor Art Simone. Anyway, um, Blue brought the energy from the jump while Mo was just like, you will watch me and love it. Uh, Blue did the robot. Mo walked. They both nailed the beats. But um, I really do think Blue was the stronger lip syncer here. 100%. 100%, which I didn't expect from her, but she turned it out this season and there's no more to I, say may- about Maybe it. Mo is just afraid of her wig falling off in a lip sync again. Yeah, but she, has she done that this season? No, she hasn't left the ground. Like she, she stayed on her feet. She just likes she to walk this season. She does. She's, she really she's very does. Into walking at the minute. <laughs> uh, just like Vanessa Hudgens is into voguing and blood, apparently. Oh, love that. Um, <laughs> do you watch Dragula? I do not. No. Uh, when she was a guest judge this past season, she literally was like, "I'm into. I'm so into blood right now." As you do, I guess. 
<laughs> All right. The time has come to crown our queen. The winner of Drag Race UK versus the world. The first ever queen of the mother tucking world is, of course, Blue Hydrangea. Um, she went from rhyming home with home, and now she's taking the crown home to Northern Ireland. Um, I'm happy with this winner. She was definitely in my top two here. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, I loved... I think she brung it every episode, to be honest. Like, she definitely stepped up her game. Um, series one, like, she wasn't really a comedy queen like that. And here she is winning Snatch Game of all things. Um, and obviously, with Runways, no doubt about it that she was going to turn those out. And yeah, yeah. overall, she's, she's ticked every box, I think, this season. So definitely a worthy winner, in my opinion. All right. So we're going to have some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. But... First, in 2022, I'm going to start recalling my burning questions from the preview podcast about the winner and see how they answered it. I said in the UK versus the world cast preview about Blue, she is the queen of the makeup rush who has proven she is one funny lady. But does Blue have what it takes to beat the best on the planet? And clearly she does. She does. And Good for her. Yeah, exactly. She's clearly stepped up us. Yeah. Where would you say Blue falls in the pantheon of all-star winners? Not not of all over like regular season, just of all-stars. So, so, so this is like a, a ranking yeah. sort of in comparison. Okay. So of the seven, I guess we would say. Or eight, um, technically, because of the tie. Oh, I'm going to say she's, she's around the mid-mark, maybe, because I'd say Shea Coulee, Alaska... Um, maybe yeah, and tri- Trixie. Oh, actually, she's a bit closer to the the higher end of the scale, but still yeah. mid. Um, in the sense that she's got like she's got her own like makeup line stuff like that. Um, she's ticked all the boxes in what she's successful at. Um, she knows what she's doing with her life, and she's still young, so she's definitely got so much more to give, and she's already Absolutely. given loads at this point. So definitely there. Now of this cast of nine. Who would you expect to see on another All-Star season? <laughs> Juju B. <laughs> right. uh, just because yeah. was bound to bring her back at some point. I was expecting her to win this one just so that she I did too. I did too. an All-Winner season. Um, yeah. Because she's got, she's got to manage to make it to that, that season at some point. Um, I can see them bringing Bagger back because much better is just a thing. Absolutely. Um, and Jimbo. I can see them bringing her back. I, I think if Jimbo comes back, I think Jimbo would only come back for like a Canada versus the world where at least Jimbo has a little more respect mm-hmm. uh, and Brooklyn at least would treat him a little better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I would, if, if they do a, um, a second uh, all winter season, I, I would expect to see blue. I, I could see her coming back and I would definitely see Jamie coming back. Cause I think she did come back very strong here. And you know mm-hmm. what? I think Cheryl will come back too. Because Cheryl needs a, a badge. She does. She, Just give her one badge. If not, bring her back for a US season and get her some money instead. Like, yeah. give her something. <laughs> but again, I think this this just speaks to how strong this cast was. Mm-hmm. It was a really good cast and I really enjoyed this season. All right. Now we're, we're going to play speculation here with Canada's Drag Race versus the World rumored. Who from the world would you like to see compete? Oh, Interesting. Um, I'd like to so let's go through the franchises for a start. Um, I'd like to see Cartier come back. Okay. Um, oh, who else? 
I'd like to see. Oh, I, I know it's one that like probably isn't ever going to happen, but I really want to see Courtney Act come back. Um, Adore Delano. I don't think she's shown enough on All Stars too, and I think she, when she's ready for it, she should definitely come back. And she'd have good good um, interactions with international queens anyway. Um, Drag Race Holland. I want to see said said a Jean come back. Yes, please. Um, as for UK, I'm going to say Tace, Tia Coffee, um, Davina De Campo, um, Ella Vade, um, and I think that's it for UK for the moment. Until some of the other ones have like progressed a little bit more because they've not Fair. really had that much time in what the last year. Um, oh, Canada's an interesting one. I'd say I'd want to see Scarlet Bobo back. Um, and Kiki. Kiki Wana Kai Kai. I want I want to see her back. Um I, d- I don't I don't really I didn't really enjoy Canada series two, so none of those <laughs> stand out for me, not gonna lie. And I I've mean I, I am fully convinced Geometric will be coming back because Geometric is television. Um, but especially if it is Canada versus the world, that you know there's going to be a couple of those season two queens coming back, even yeah. though they probably shouldn't. Um, yeah, it's, it's all the names that you said I'm here for, especially Davina. I think Davina deserves a crown. Someone give her a fucking crown already. Um, <laughs> it's not fair. Um, I will steal that one off of the Vivian's head and give it to her. But um, I, I think Davina, I mean, th- there were rumors that Davina was going to be in this season and that would have been a different show because Davina would have slayed and won. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would love to see Davina back. Um, I'm just waiting for another season of Kitty Scott Claus because I adore her. Yes. Um, I also would like to see um, Scarlett Harlot for my own personal reasons because I'm madly in love with her and I want to marry <laughs> her. But um, one day, one day. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, when it comes to the U.S. queens, I don't really care at this point uh, because you can throw anyone on there and it's going to be it's going to be the same. It's so saturated. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, <laughs> for me, there is one queen in the entire planet that deserves the crown that there was wrongly taken from their head. And that is Farida Kent from Drag Race Italia, because how she didn't win that show is still beyond me. I don't know if you watched it or knew know what happened, but Electrobionic no. won. She won a total of zero maxi challenges and won the season. What? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the robbery that the fans <laughs> always talk about right there. So I am ready for Farida Kent to come back. She is brilliant drag. And again, I keep on referencing it. People think Lady Camden's fall doing the Freddie Mercury thing was like the big reveal runway thing. Farida Kent did it first, where she spilled wine on herself, then opened her mouth and showed she was a vampire. Best <laughs> reveal runway. So I would like to see Farida back, but I, I, but I personally also want to see Theresa May, but not on an All Star season. I want her on uh, Drag Race Espana. Oh, definitely. No, that would be. Amazing. Put her on. That would be brilliant. Well. This was so much fun. I am so glad to have you on. And you're definitely going to come back for uh, another season at some point. Because what, we got 70,000 a year now? Yeah, um, exactly. I can't even keep up with how many there are. And Where every, can we... Yeah, go ahead. Every time they, they put out a new season, they're, they're releasing these little um, 
the little repeater badges for each one. And I collect all of the repeater badges. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm grabbing ones from season I, I, have, I have, I had, I, I had most of them. I don't know where they are now. Because um, <laughs> I had an issue with my apartment. So I may have lost a lot, bunch of them. But where can we find you on social media, PayPal, and other projects you want to plug? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Harry Mac Music. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Mandy Anket. Uh, PayPal will be the same as my Twitter. Um, and yeah, that'll be it for me, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. The biggest thanks to Mandy for coming on. Subscribe on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show your support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. <laughs>